0: We're gonna talk a little bit about Christmas today. Christmas, it's a focus and an experience that holds a lot of nostalgia. There are lots of traditions, family fellowship with friends. Some of our members here are are not here because they're away visiting family and friends. There are some of you who are visiting here because of the Christmas season. It's a time when people around the world celebrate, sometimes for days. I was talking with my husband, Ray, who is in Belize, and he says, oh, Christmas is a big thing here. People are, go all out. Christmas is huge. And it's like that around the world. And somehow the focus may be a little off. And even Christmas can be difficult, because the joy of the season sometimes magnifies the pain, suffering, poverty, and loneliness that plagues the lives of people who face these challenges every day. A friend of mine, whose husband recently received a lung transplant, told me that the physician told her, one time, you know what, if you ever needed an organ, wait till Christmas, which is a terrible thing to say, but sometimes it can be so difficult, people take their lives. And so then that's when organs are available to be donated. Terrible thing, and yet wonderful. Christmas is the greatest story ever told. For the next few minutes, I want to focus on the actors in this great story that we sometimes take for granted. Think about scenes at Christmas plays. You know them. You go to a school and they're always portraying the, the birth of Jesus. There's Mary and Joseph and a manger and a baby in a manger and little kids with um, angel, with white pillowcases on, <laughs> and, uh, and wings, and they are just are trying to portray the birth of Jesus. And there's one angel who's given the speaking part who proclaims the birth of Christ as we heard in our scripture reading. But angels are not as they are often portrayed. Little babies with tiny wings flitting about playing their harps. Angels are magnificent beings who excel in strength. And when they allow themselves to be seen, they often freak people out. Cherubim and seraphim, some with three sets of wings. When you think about the Christmas story, what comes to mind? A babe in a manger. Mary and Joseph. Shepherds. The Magi, and the Angel Messenger and host of angels. Today I want to pull back the curtain and share something that will one, give us a different perspective and new appreciation for angels. Number two, to remind us that Christmas signals the beginning of the plan of salvation. And three, to encourage us to demonstrate Jesus' love to others and take advantage of the opportunity in this season to tell the rest of the story. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I ask that you would be with me, that your Holy Spirit would light upon this place, that our hearts will be open to receive the message intended, and that we will leave this place different and observe Christmas different, remembering that it is because of you that it exists. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Angels, what did they think about this plan to save mankind? They existed to worship and magnify God and his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was their commander-in-chief, They could not understand why he would put himself in such a vulnerable position to be a helpless and dependent baby in this dark, dreary, and sinful world. But Christ had to be the one. The creator must become the created to vindicate the character of God. And that's a whole nother story. You can actually read that in the story of redemption penned by Ellen White. So, from the beginning of the story, what were they, the angels, thinking? As they were commissioned to participate in the announcement that the king of the universe had arrived on this desolate planet Earth, they felt the highest privilege. I want to share with you from the book, The Truth About Angels. Now, this is a compilation of writings from Ellen White that gives incredible insight to the ministry of angels. The following excerpts come from chapter 13, entitled, The Incarnation and Early, Christ, Early Life of Christ. By coming to dwell with us, Jesus was to reveal God both to men and to angels. But not alone for his earthborn children was this revelation given. Our little world is the lesson book of the universe. God's wonderful purpose of grace, the mystery of redeeming love, is the theme into which angels desire to look. And it will be their study throughout endless ages. So, not just us when we go to heaven, even the angels. For endless ages, we'll be studying to understand the the redemption story. In heaven, it was understood that the time had come for the advent of Christ to the world, and angels leave glory to witness his reception by those he came to bless and save. They had witnessed his glory in heaven, and they anticipate that he will be received with honor in accordance with his character and the dignity of his mission. As angels approach the earth, they first come to the people God had separated from the nations of the world as his peculiar treasure. They see no special interest among the Jews, no eager waiting and watching that they may be the first to receive the Redeemer and acknowledge his advent. An angel visits the earth to see who are prepared to welcome Jesus. But he can discern no tokens of expectancy. He hears no voice of praise and triumph that the period of Messiah's coming is at hand. The angel hovers for a time over the chosen city and the temple where the divine presence has been manifested for ages. But even here is the same indifference. The angels passed by the school of the prophets, the palaces of kings, and appeared to the humble shepherds, guarding their flocks by night. Upon Bethlehem's plains, one angel first appeared, Clothed with the panoply of heaven. And so surprised and so terrified were the shepherds that they could only gaze upon the wondrous glory of the heavenly visitant with unutterable amazement. The angel of the Lord came to them and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Speaking of the shepherds. No sooner had their eyes become accustomed to the glorious presence of the one angel, than lo, the whole plain was lighted up with the wondrous glory of the multitude of angels that peopled the plains of Bethlehem. The angel quieted their fears of the shepherds before opening their eyes to behold the multitude of the heavenly host all praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will to men. The shepherds were filled with joy, and as the bright glory disappears and the angels return to heaven, they are all aglow with the glad tidings and hasten in search of the Savior. They find the infant redeemer as the celestial messengers had testified, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the narrow confines of a manger. It was not alone on the hills of Judea, not among the lowly shepherds only, that angels found the watchers for the Messiah's coming. In the land of the heathen also were those that looked for him. They were wise men, rich, and noble, the philosophers of the East. The wise men had studied prophecy and knew the time was at hand when Christ would come, and they were anxiously watching for some sign of this great event, that they might be among the first to welcome the infant heavenly king and worship him. Angels of God, in the appearance of a star, conducted the wise men on their mission in search of Jesus. God could not trust his beloved son with men, even while carrying forward his work for their salvation. He commissioned angels to attend Jesus and protect him till he should accomplish his mission on earth and die by the hands of those whom he came to save. Fast forward to today. There are lessons we can learn from the Christmas story. First, angels continue to fulfill their mission as directed by God to assist us in the proclamation of Jesus' second coming. But this time, not from a crown to a cradle, but taking off his mediatorial garments and putting on his kingly apparel in preparation to return for those for whom he died. Second, the Christmas story. It truly is the greatest story ever told. But we now have the awesome privilege to tell the world about the final chapter of the story. And the angels are sent to protect us and help us with this mission. Hebrews 1 verse 14 says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Finally, Let's be more like the shepherds and the magi, the wise men, who studied and waited in eager anticipation for the Lord Jesus to come the first time. Let us also be students of the word and proclaim what we've studied, that Christ the Lord is coming again. All the angels will be coming with him. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. That means when Jesus comes, there are so many angels, they appear as clouds. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 and 17 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air with them, and ever shall we be with the Lord. Then, every day will be Christmas, because we will have the best gift ever. Living with God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, our loved ones, and the angels for eternity. It's my prayer that as we come to the culmination of this special season, the season we call Christmas, that it will be more than fellowship and fun, and those are important things, but even in addition to recognizing the reason for the season, that we will remember our responsibility to let people know that he's coming back again. That we will take advantage of the openness that people exhibit during this season. Everyone knows by all of the plays that are given by children, and and uh, even in, in the Uh, on TV and everywhere else you see Jesus in the in the manger and Mary and Joseph all of those things give entry give opportunity for us to say a little bit more than about Jesus coming as a babe the first time we can take advantage of this opportunity now to say did you know that he's coming again And that he's going to take us home to a place where all of the angels dwell? Did you know that he died for you so that we could have that home in heaven? This is the perfect opportunity for us to share about the love of Jesus. To let them know that we love him, that our hearts and our souls are wrapped up in his love and his sacrifice. And we want to let the world know. Can we do that this Christmas season? One other thing that we can do, for those who are downtrodden, and as Elder Mark mentioned, the blight of sin around this world, there's something that we can do to alleviate the pain and suffering that people have. The loneliness that they experience. Maybe we can open our doors. Maybe we can give a meal. Sometimes it just takes a smile an acknowledgement that they're cared for, thought of, and prayed about. Let's do that this Christmas. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for coming so many years ago as a babe to show us that Jesus is love, that God is love, and that he wants to save us. I ask, Lord, that this Christmas will be different, that we will, and even even in the giving of gifts to one another, that we will rededicate our lives and give ourselves to you again, afresh, anew, and decide that it will be with our lips, not just the angels, that will proclaim the second coming of Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.